You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. Oh, yeah. Guys, we did it. We made it to the end. It, we survived. It was 13 fights that happened, and they got better at the end. We have a new women's bantamweight contender. Myra Buena Silva submits Holly Holm with a ninja choke power guillotine, whatever you want to call it, in the second round. Hi, everybody. I'm Jed Mishu. Great website. That right there, that man, sorry, to this side. Also, MMAfighting.com, great website. New York, Rick, Eric Jackman. And on the ones and twos, Jose Youngs, who will be joining us a little later as we answer your Hello. questions at the end. For the time being, let's talk about UFC Vegas 77. Just got done and not here to tell you is the best card ever. But we have some things to talk about. The main event, as I said, Myra Buena Silva submits Holly Holm. 38 seconds into the second round. Eric, let's just start right out of the gate. Uh, That's pretty cool. Not something I think many of us expected. (laughs) And we have a new contender, right? Like in this this pretty bad division, which is desperately in need of new contenders, MBS showed out tonight. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, This division is, is very shallow. She's currently ranked in the UFC rankings number 10. So I expect that she will be on the cusp of a title shot very shortly, if not already earning a title shot. Holly Holm was number three in the UFC ranking. So, yeah, I, th- I think uh, she'll probably be somebody who's talked about as, as a contender uh, rel- in relatively short order. And credit to her, um, the way she got it done after it looked like Holly Holm was going to Holly Holm this fight in the first round. Um, she submitted her and uh, ended it quickly. So, yeah, I, th- I think we have a new contender. Yeah, Holly Holm absolutely tried to Holly Holm all over this fight in the first round. A lot of clinching, a lot of wall install, classic Tim Sylvia uh, efforts there. And then MBS just comes out in the second round. She's still pressuring, throwing heat. Holm goes for the clinch again, and this time she has made the adjustment. She jumps on on that power guillotine and Home tries to defend, can't do it. So uh, I brought up the UFC rankings when you just just mentioned where she was. I didn't recognize she was at 10 for the UFC, uh, which kind of speaks. If you look at her wins, that's 
that tells you something about the state of women's bantamweight at the moment. Uh, but after that one, Holmes at number three, Brandon Silva is probably going to be the number three ranked women's bantamweight in the UFC come Tuesday. And the question here, Eric, I think that this probably got her a title shot. The question is just, is it next? Because we have the vacant title going on right now. Got to see where that goes. Is she going to be one half of the vacant title fight? I would assume not. I would. I mean, it seems like the odds-on favorite for that is going to be Juliana Pena and Raquel Pennington. But a performance like this probably helps. Probably helps her case. I also think the UFC, for some reason, might be this this uh, title fight between Pennington and and uh, Pena. If they were going to make it, could have already kind of been in the works. So maybe they're holding out for something. This could have been something that they maybe wanted to see how that how that played out. Um, but I I don't know if I'm calling it right now. I think it's going to be Pena and Pennington. Um, but it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me. I think she's an injection of of fresh blood um, to a division that sorely needs it and a new name to kind of shove in there. So um, I would not be shocked. But I I think it's probably going to be Pena and Pennington. Yeah, so coming into this, I thought what you said, right? I thought that the UFC was basically waiting on this outcome. Uh, we know they love Holly Holm, former champion, probably a better sell than, for being honest, Raquel Pennington is probably the one who would have gotten booted from that. But if we were talking meritocracy, Myra Buena Silva doesn't have a great resume. Frankly, it's better than Juliana Pena's, who has no wins over fighters currently employed in the UFC. <laughs> So, uh, we would hope that I mean, would happen. I'm gonna, I think you're probably right. I'm, I'm going to push back on that as a little unfair because of Amanda Nunes' like recent Spot retirement. While it's accurate, I'd, I'd say that's a little unfair. Okay, uh, outside of the lie. the noon outside of the Nunes one, which again, totally justified in what I said. Uh, <laughs> who else? Who else she beaten that's in the UFC yeah, at that, the moment? Also, do we remember what happened in that rematch? It wasn't a very oh, good remember. rematch for either. So, oh, uh, yeah, I would say that MBS, even though she doesn't, if we're well, like, look at her resume, uh, Stephanie Egger, um, not, it's not knocking any doors down. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think what we're going to end up getting here uh, will be MBS on the sidelines, maybe in attendance for the inevitable vacant Bantamweight title fight that does happen. And, she will get first dibs, and I don't know if people will care, but other thing I do want to talk about this fight before we move on to other business, great post-fight. Like, just, uh, you know, the the very end there where she does the sponsor things, eh, it's tough scenes, but you got to get paid somehow. But comes out there, wonderful message uh, said in Portuguese about uh, fighting, you know, depression, her wife helping her through it, and kind of giving a good goodwill message to people dealing with something similar always love that and then a really impassioned you know hey i i deserve the belt brought her brought out her kenny flory and i finished fights and and calling out juliana pena what'd you make of the post fight air no notes um she nailed it she did everything that she needed to do to get people on her side to have people be invested in her story and also to say I'm next and I'm the one who's going to change this, shake up this division in Amanda Nunes's absence. Um, and then the little sponsor plug at the end, but yeah, no notes, uh, a plus. I, I really enjoyed what she did there. So from fight 
I'm giving it an A plus. Post fight, I'm giving it an A plus. She set herself up nicely for something in the future. Yeah, I don't think she could have done much better than this weekend. Uh, I will say uh, to future fighters, I get it. You got to get the sponsor plugs in. You got to get dollars. Just be a little more creative with it. You know, you can't you can't just be like, and I want to thank X, Y, and Z. That's going to get you the hook. D- DC is going to be on top of that. I'd be like, no, can't do it because they're yelling at me. But if you come on there and you're like, you know, when I was battling depression, you know what got me through it? My beautiful wife and uh, Tom's Red Hots or whatever it is <laughs> that you're plugging. Just I'd be sad and I would just eat some some Takis and it would just <laughs> lift my spirit. That's how you do it, guys. Speaking of how you do it, he didn't get the W, but the co-main event, Jack Della Maddalena pulls off a split decision win over late notice, five days notice replacement Basel Hafez in we don't have have this out yet. I would strongly, strongly believe that this is going to end up being your fight of the night. Basil Hafez, really unheralded, comes in. Nobody's given much of a chance. Massive underdog. Not saying he won, but, but Ricky, tell, tell me what we're thinking about this performance from him and on the other side of it. Are we adjusting our perceptions of JDM at this moment? As far as uh, Habibi goes, like awesome, awesome showing in your UFC debut. Um, I will say, while the betting lines, you know, weren't weren't kind to him, there seemed to be kind of a swell of fighters who have trained with him or know him that thought he was going to be gamer in this fight than the betting lines were giving him credit for. It seemed it seemed that a, he had a lot of people on his side and thought that he could be competitive here. As far as JDM, I'm not adjusting my feelings on him too much just because this is the third opponent in, you know, two weeks that he's had. He's He cut weight the first time, um, and now he cut weight again. I'm going to chalk it up to a very bad week um, for him and a very bad trip to the, to the United States for him, um, and I think he'll, he'll be back on track. But I will say that there was a – there was some – deficiencies there were some grappling deficiencies that were made very clear um that i think other fighters can take advantage of uh obviously he was booked to fight sean brady if you're fighting somebody like sean brady you cannot look that way when it comes to the defensive grappling you cannot be diving for guillotines in really really poor uh positions um because he will make you pay so I think i'm not gonna ding jdm too much but if i am a, a welterweight who has the grappling chops I definitely am licking my lips a little bit and thinking that there's an opportunity there. So that's one of the tough things. Uh, This is, I think this is going to be the fight that gets talked about a lot more coming out of this event because women's bantamweight just sort of is women's bantamweight at this point, right? Like there's not going to be a big fan base that's itching to talk about Marbuena Silva, despite how great that performance was. And conversely, JDM, I mean, uh, Brendan Fitzgerald called him at, at the start of the fight, maybe the hottest prospect in MMA. I, I wouldn't go that far, but he is certainly on a short list of of those guys that have gotten fans really, really excited in the last 18 months. And then this is the performance. And the thing you said there is the thing that I'm uh, the most interested in moving forward is guys with grappling chops because, I mean, welterweight has forever been a division defined by guys with grappling chops. I mean, just look at the history of it. Name one welterweight champion that was not primarily like a 
a, a wrestle wrestle grappler. It's I mean Leon right now is arguably not that though we have seen him use that a lot in his fights. And other than that, you got to go back to like what, BJ Penn. <laughs> it's it's just it has been a division owned by that fight style. And as you look at JDM currently in the UFC's rankings, number fourteen, got a couple of guys there who could maybe be interesting fights if he's trying to move up the ladder in uh, Ian Machado Gary. That would be a fun prospect matchup. You know Neil Magny not not like defined by his grappling game, but look at the rest of the top of this division. Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, Bilal Muhammad, Hamza Chimaev, even though I know he's not going to be there. Gilbert Burns, the aforementioned Sean Brady, Shavkat, like he is going to have to solve that. And so my question for you here, Eric, is you said you're not docking him for this. Is that just entirely because of all of the changes here? Or is this a, Hey, every prospect has like a tough, a tough out he's he's going to learn from this get better sort of where get, give me the gauge on why why we're not looking at this and saying this could be catastrophic for this young man it's a hundred percent because of what he's gone through because of what he went through um in relation to ufc 290 and then this week um it's just tough like first of all f- you know when you're a fighter flying from australia um to uh the united states to fight anyway that's always tough the 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 cut is a little bit tougher just because of how far the distance is. Then you get there, your opponent gets switched, your game, you take it, you cut weight. Now he's out. You have to cut again and you're fighting the next weekend. There's just a lot going on there that I'm going to, I'm going to give him a mulligan. Like not obviously not his best performance, still got the job done, uh, but I'm going to give him a mulligan just firmly based on that. As I said, though, if I'm if I'm other fighters, if I am if I am the welterweight division, which you astutely laid out is is a wrestling heavy division, I'm I'm seeing this as my chance. Now, is it gonna ultimate like when he does have the the set opponent and have the time to prepare and comes in fresh, it, is that grappling gonna look as bad? Is is his cardio gonna hold up? Um, is a question that remains to be seen, but I'm not willing to close the book on that because of this performance i'm i'm giving him the leeway so uh i will discuss this tomorrow with my keck on on to the next one i'm subbing in for ak lee but where do you want to see jdm go from this right eric i mean um does this at least merit maybe a he was getting the rockets that this was a we're going to give you sean brady and if you win this this is a meet like we are firing you up this division as fast as possible does this performance at least do you just go back to the Sean Brady well if that's an option? Do you look at something else like that or maybe maybe temper back a little bit more here? Where would you go with with JDM at this moment? Yeah, it's an interesting question. If I'm the UFC, I might push a little higher, honestly. Like, I don't think you rebook Brady, who's currently in their rankings number eight. Um, I think you probably start hopping, right? You you wanna you wanna get some favorable matchups like you could do worse than like Steven Wonderboy Thompson. I know he's booked to fight um, shortly, but you you start putting him in there with uh, Wonderboy. Maybe Bilal is is an option. Um, it seems like he's you know kind of sidelined at the moment. Um, you you start getting to Bilal and Gilbert Burns. It's inevitable that you're going to get into the grappling. You start getting to Shavkat, Colby Covington, guys like that. It's inevitable. So I think it's honestly a little bit sink or swim. Um, you might as well, you might as well take the shot with somebody higher. If the, you're, if you're the UFC, if you're really trying to push them, you might as well take a shot with somebody higher as opposed to rebooking the Sean Brady fight, in my opinion. 
Interesting. I will let you know my answer tomorrow or not. No, that's how you do it in the business. I will say I would have loved a Jeff Neal fight, but Ian Machado Gary has, has beaten him to that. Uh, I do want to talk about Basil Hafez, uh, but before we get that, I've got, got bonuses. Uh, do you want to play a guessing game or you want me to just tell you, Eric? I'll play. I'll play. All right. We got fight of the night and performances. What are we going for? Uh, fight of the night, Hafez and JDM. Nailed it. Yeah. So, wow. With the sound drop. Well done, yeah. producer Jose. Shout out. Um, uh, Damn, not even missing a beat. I mean, this is just what a what a this performance by Jose. Who needs Casey? Who needs performance him? of the night? Jose Youngs. I'm gonna go uh, next. No, um, I'm gonna say Myra Bueno Silva. Nailed it. Last one's the tri- the one that's possibly tricky though. A yeah, lot of decisions on this card, one. so <laughs> there aren't that many finishes to choose from here. I'm gonna go with the Iron Turtle. Did he did he get it done? He did not, and I believe he should have been. I think he got he got a tough one here. Uh, Francisco Prado for his spinning back elbow and uh, monstrous hammer fists, and we will talk about that fight in just a moment. But I do want to give Basil Hafez some shine here. Man comes in on five days' notice. The Habib, the Habibi. Uh, nobody was giving him a chance. Habibi, Habibi. Okay, the Habibi. No one giving the Habibi a chance, and. I mean, if he had gotten knocked out in the second or third round, people, I think, still would have come away from this really impressed by. I, I know it's not everyone's favorite phrase, a.k.a. Lee, when you're listening to this, cover your ears. Man's got that dog in him. He <laughs> came to fight the whole way through, standing, grappling, had a good, solid game plan, looks great getting off the bus. What, what's your takeaway from Hoffa's here? Yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes. Because, you know, obviously his style is different than JDM's, right? Almost polar opposite. But then when you, like in the grappling, he's going to have the advantage and he, and he looks solid there. But then when you look at how he did on the feet when he was still fresh in the in the beginning of the, of the fight, he was throwing some heat and he was taking some heat and, and shaking it off. So I'm interested to see where he goes. I, th- I think he's got a pretty well-rounded game and, and I think he could be somebody that kind of capitalizes on this momentum that he had that people are going to remember. Oh, he's the guy who kind of pushed JDM. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, the prospects of, of what he's got going on. Um, because that chin was, was really solid. Um, and, and he wasn't ready to fold at any point in that fight. And he was throwing some heat back at JDM. Um, uh, you know, credit to JDM's chin because there's some shots in there that probably would have put some other people out. Um, so yeah, very, very uh, interested in what he has next. Yeah, very much credit to to I mean, both of their chins. I'm glad you brought it up because I thought like Hafiz is not going to win any beauty pageants with his striking, but even late in the fight, he was competitive. I mean, with a dude who we have come to view as this absolute monster on the feet and like. If the reason you're getting tagged on the feet is because JDM is ripping you to the to the midsection, there are like six fighters in this weight class who can even pretend to do that. The rest of the guys are just going to be headhunting and you'll probably be okay. So I, I'm coming out of this like incredibly impressed with Hafez and, um, you know, I, I want to see if this is a real thing, you know, if he can replicate this or if this just 
confluence of events and a dude fighting for for his chance at the brass ring. So great for him. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Next thing up, I mean, the the feature lightweight bout of the evening, Francisco Prado, 21 years old. The Argentinian Drew Dober stops Otman Isatar, spinning back elbow and hammer fist follow-up. Uh, Otman disputed it at the end. Let's start right there. Any issues with this stoppage before we get into the performance? I didn't have any issues. I could see I could see why a Zaitar, um would protest. I understand why, but I did not personally have any issues. He was taking some heavy heat and he he was gone at certain points in there. Um so yeah, no no issues on the stoppage for me. But I also understand why the fighter in that position, um Azaitar in this in this scenario would have wanted a little bit more. Um but I tend to err on the side of of earlier rather than late. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, but saw uh, certainly some pushback from other fighters. We had a couple of responses come in there saying you got to give the guy a chance, and I I felt that it was a good stoppage. I was actually even sort of with Prado. He said in his post fight, I thought it was a little late. I thought there was a window there earlier where it looked like his eyes rolled back in head in the back of his head and was like, why aren't we stopping this? And then. Then he sort of got it back together, but was still getting clattered. So Francisco Prado, he's 21 years old, man, undefeated coming in, uh, not coming into this, coming into his UFC debut where he takes on Jamie Malarkey on short notice. Malarkey is monstrous in the cage compared to him because he's not like a huge lightweight. Malarkey is very big, loses comfortably, but gives a good showing of himself. And now he comes out here, his first real fight, like a full, full opportunity Looks really good. What what are we thinking about Prado and where he is as as a prospect? Yeah, I mean, he was he was a dog in this fight. Uh, wait, do I have that right? He was a dog in this fight, right? I believe he was a very slight dog, but close to bed, uh, close to fight time, they had gotten clo- almost to a pick him. Uh, that yeah. line had been moving around for a while, though. 
fair enough. Um, but a, a guy who's uh, very dangerous in his itar. So um, I'm, you know, the, the the same thing I said for Hafez. Like I'm intrigued to to kind of see where he can go. Um, I like I like this fight for him. Um, it, it you know it's it's a good step up. It's a good, quite frankly, like I think a Zaitar is a tougher fight than Malarkey outside of the stylist. Um, sorry, outside of the the physical attributes. Um, so I like that he was able to get to get this done in an impressive fashion. Um, interested to see where he goes. I kind of missed a little bit of the post fight. What was with the gloves going down? What what was happening I there? I, it was hard to make out, but it, I think uh, he was doing the fake retirement thing, um, you know, that we've seen other people do, but he walked it back very quickly. Uh, it's just never a good joke, so don't do that in general, um, particularly if you're a 21-year-old dude. <laughs> like you're you're pretty <laughs> clearly not retiring, so uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know why he decided that that was the thing to do, but uh wasn't great. <laughs> wasn't great, Bob. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, elsewhere on the card, I, I'm really excited about Prado 21 lightweight is always an incredible division. So dope, uh, elsewhere on the, the card, the best Junior UFC Park, division. I, I would agree. And I believe our producer on this episode, would agree as well. and, nice. uh, I won't say any names, but, uh, another member of MMA fighting did reach out to me privately during this event, which had, um, several lightweight fights on it. And all of them were dope. And was like, I don't understand why people argue. Like these dudes are maybe top 100 guys, and they are putting on an unbelievable fire right now. Like, yeah, doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, speaking of other lightweights, we're gonna skip the Iron Turtle just because we're right here. We're at 155, and Nazim Sadiakov uh, beats Terrence McKinney, who does the full range of Terrence McKinney in in one fight, uh, first round. Pretty dominant for McKinney. Spends most of it in a back uh, backpack with the body triangle, fishing for a neck. Gets that almost immediately and is just there for the round. Can't get it. Gives up the position at the end. Comes out in the second round, and Sadikov is is after him from the jump, and McKinney sort of sort of wilts under this. Ends up in a weird scramble. I'm not sure I've ever seen, and I, I at least can't recall. McKinney had his full arm tucked behind his back in this scramble. Uh, so he just actually had no way to defend. Uh, and I haven't seen enough replays to see how that got there. But what's the takeaway from Terrence McKinney? Because this guy comes in really exciting. Uh, they they were even talking about him tonight as, you know, this great prospect everyone's excited about. And you think back, like his UFC debut, was seven-second knockout over Matt Frivola, who's currently ranked. And then this is two in a row for him. What? Where are we at on Terrence McKinney and and on Nazim Sadikov? Yeah, for McKinney, I'm not ready to like pull the plug on this yet. Even like in his losses, even his losses, there's there's moments where it just looks like yeah, he's got it, and and it between the wrestling and between the the knockout power, it's kind of like a, he's a hard. He's one of these guys that even when he's gonna lose, he's a hard guy to give up on. Um, because he's so talented, because he's got so much um, by way of tools. He tweeted um, after the fight, sorry, guys, my arm got trapped. Shit happens. I felt great all around, moved good, Sec uh, avoid hits, just got caught up in my in my takedown. We will be back. Love you guys who supported and watched. So, um, you know, another, you know, 
example of him saying he's going to bounce back um and and this is kind of what's been the story lately but yeah he's he's got this thing that i just can't give up on um and and i'm not ready to kind of write the the story there you just have to, I, I guess he just needs one of those fights to get back on track but i don't know where you look um within the lightweight division as we kind of just talked about like every everybody in here is a killer like you don't have to be in the top 50 um and and they're all killers so i don't know if the road's going to get any easier but i i do think there's something where he needs to kind of just get back on track um but i'm not ready i'm not ready to write him off yet he's he's so promising and just even even the fights he loses there's moments where you're like yeah terrence mckinney is is a dude um as far as sadikov like i think he just did what he needed to do in this fight like he he you know the first round wasn't great and then he comes in and was able to kind of take advantage of a situation with mckinney um did what he needed to do sounds like he wants to fight on the new york card makes all the sense in the world i think you give him somebody who's who's equally uh you know equal um experience and at his level and just see where he can he can go yeah uh i'm giving up on terrence mckinney just just gonna say it not as just i think i'm not giving up i'm just accepting who he is as a fighter which is a guy who's really fun but probably not like good um but because it's lightweight if you're competent you can randomly be the top 20 dude just any any given day of the week because the margins are so small but i think we've just seen enough of him now to be like he's still youngish 28 he can develop he's not that long in the game but that round uh and i'll segue this into the sadikov the end of the first round is what killed it for me because sadikov turns the position around and gets up to his feet and he he is hunting i guess the only word to describe what is happening at the end of this is okay i just i just took your best shot and i am the predator and i am stalking you now and McKinney's entire demeanor changed. He did not like that. He started taking wild shots to try and get to the body. And round two was just that until the finish. And yes, like his arm did get caught up in that transition, but that's not why he got finished. That's not why he got caught. He he didn't want what Sadikov was bringing to the table once the momentum had shifted. And I, I think that that sort of is who he is as a fighter. That's a tough one to overcome. So... Instead, he's just going to be dope, and there's nothing wrong with being an incredibly fun action fighter because there's a reason this man has 20 fights and has never gone to a decision. He is very fun to watch, and I think we'll get that. Sadikov, though, I am very, very interested. I'm I'm more interested in Prado as like an overall prospect just because he is so young. But, I mean, Sadikov coming out of a great team, still 29, not yet 30. Good signs, and I loved... I, like I said, I loved how he approached it after he got up at the end of round one of just, okay, I, I'm going to get him now. And very, very interested. But like you, I don't know what you do. You just throw a dart, man. It doesn't matter who you're pitting him against in the top 50 at lightweight. Just have some fun and see what it see what goes. So uh, dope fights. A couple others talk on the main card. We'll run down the prelims very quickly, and then we'll just hop into fan questions, you know? Uh, the Iron Turtle, the most underrated man in MMA, possibly. Jun Young Park submits Albert Duraev in the second round just at, just before the buzzer, rear naked choke after 
kind of putting it on him down the stretch of, of round two in a very iron turtle performance, just kept coming, kept with the pressure rugged. It was super awesome. I love me some junior young park. Uh, Eric, how, how do you feel about junior park? And he's won seven of eight. Where does he fit in, in the middleweight picture right now? That's just what I was going to say. Like the dude's on a nice little run and it's not bad names on this resume. Like he's, he's reaching, um, his potential. He, he is living up to it. I feel like he's got to start cracking the, the rankings and really like making a push. He's, he's super well-rounded. He's super durable. He's how old is he? He's 32. So like, you know, now's the time. Um, now's but the time. I'm interested to see where he goes. Like th this is a dude who's shown that like at this level in, in the UFC's welterweight division, he, it's not just that he can compete, but he can kind of excel. Um, and, and I, I like this four fight, like his last loss was to Gregory Rodriguez. Gregory Rodriguez no in an incredible fight that an he almost had Greg, he almost had Robocop yeah. dead like four times too. Yeah. Just Robocop pulled a miracle comeback out of nowhere. Which with, with the power that he has, he can be prone to that's, do, that's, but like, that's what he no, does. Yeah. He does that. Yeah. No shame, no shame in that loss by any means. And he's already now back on a four fight win streak. Like I'm, I'm ready to see him against some of the names that we're used to seeing in this division and just seeing where it goes for him. I think he's earned that. I think he has, he has definitely put himself in the position where like he deserves a, somebody who's, whose name you recognize um, and, and is up there. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out who I'm matching him up against. I kind of would have liked uh, Bruno Fajeda, but Ruzibayev just, just iced him, which sort of came out of nowhere. And I guess maybe you do that. I, I don't know, but I am a junior in park is now appointment viewing for me. If I know he's on a card, I'm at least excited about what that's going to be. Cause I, he has been delivering really good fights time in and time out and overachieving. Uh, so loved it. Running down the rest of the main card, the last fight there, Norman Dumont, Chelsea Chandler. Um, that is a fight that happened. That is, I'm going to go ahead and guess the final women's featherweight fight in the history of the UFC, at least for some time. Do you have any thoughts on that, or should we run down the prelims and get to the questions? Just that, like, poor Norma Dumont. Like, she's she's been angling for this featherweight thing for so long, and... I, I just wish there was some payoff, but yeah, ultimately I think you're right that this division is, is not long for this world. I mean, I already thought it was gone, but turns out it's not. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the final women's featherweight fight on the books. Uh, so I suspect we won't have any more, um, unless somebody blows weight for a bantamweight fight, but could be wrong. Um, credit to Dumont. She at least looked pretty good in this. She was tagging uh, Chandler early. The sprint. I think we're going to have the the sprinting away from Chelsea Chandler. will probably be in our lives for a little bit um, as an MMA meme, but not much to say on this fight. Otherwise, your prelim results. Melsic Bagdasarian defeats Tucker Lutz. Unanimous decision with the help of, I don't remember who the referee was, but not getting a point deducted for his 8,000 fouls. Uh, we got to talk about this one just because someone's going to ask and we should head this off. Victoria Dudikova uh, defeats Estella Nunes in the worst thing I've seen in quite some time. Uh, Dudikova shoots for a takedown. Nunes goes to post with her left arm. And if you haven't seen it, 
don't, you don't need to, or you can go to MMA fighting and check the video. Uh, gnarly elbow dislocation. Eric, um, how awful was that one for you? Yeah, that was very <laughs> rough. I mean, even the like, I, I was looking at it again in stills and like the arm is just completely the other direction. It's it's one of those that you, d you don't like to see. And to hear her screams, um, I hope to- The screams are that. awful. Yeah, I, I just hope to rinse that from my brain as, as soon as possible. Um, you hate to see it, you know, obviously no um no fault of her opponent um not even really like kind of done by her opponent she she just posted on the arm and and we've seen what happens when that can go wrong sometimes but yeah speedy recovery and yeah. again baby face myra bueno silva like shouted her out in the uh in the post fight so in her uh post fight uh victory speech so um yeah pulling for her uh hate to see it um rough yeah, MBS did great. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, don't go watch it because you don't need to. The X-ray, the X-ray is also awful. Uh, uh, Mokazal Costa defeats Austin Lingo, unanimous decision. Uh, Evan Elder defeats Gennaro Valdez, unanimous decision. Azit Maxim defeats Tyson Nam, split decision in a much more competitive fight than I think most people expected from the 16-0 prospect. Alexander Munoz defeats Carl Deaton, unanimous decision. And Island Perez defeats Ashley Evans-Smith, unanimous decision. Two 10-8 rounds in that from two judges in that particular fight. Uh, there's a lot of prelim decisions. In fact, it was all decisions but for a horrific arm injury. The prelims were a tough hang, um, but the main event it you know, was way more fun. And the main card was at least something decent. So that's the rundown. Jose, hop yourself on in here. We don't need to spend two hours talking about this fight. Now, we didn't give 290 an hour and a half. We're not giving this one it. Hmm. If y'all have questions for us, shoot them in. Jose will find them. We'll talk about them. We'll discuss the wonderful things that happened tonight at, at the Apex. DJ... <laughs> not around pride rules jdm1 yeah so we okay. didn't talk about this uh i guess we should uh split decision yes. and apparently controversial i don't think it should be but a lot of a lot of basel hafiz scorecards out there uh fellas did y'all y'all both scored this for jdm correct i thought it was a very very clear rounds two and three for JDM to the point. I mean, you could also give them the first, like, I think it was close enough that there's, there's wiggle room there. Uh, but very clearly two and three for me. And I, I don't, I don't really understand where the round two Hafez cards come from. Jose, are you, are you a Hafez truther? Um, I thought like, just based off what I know, judge how judges judge fights, I'm like, they're probably going to give it to JDM, but I didn't <laughs> feel one way or another about it. I just kind of accepted that JDM won. It's funny that you say this. Cause I felt the opposite way. I was like, it's like, I think JDM won. I could definitely see the judges yeah. giving this stuff. I'll office. tell you what though. I'll tell you what. They shouldn't. There were at least nine or ten you you current ufc fighters that tweeted that they thought jdm lost and not i'm like like big names like uzman jamal hill justin gaethje they were all said chris curtis they were all like bad call yeah 
Very, very tough. Uh, Cap Gallery, if we're judging damage like the judges are supposed to do, JDM won that fight, no question. This is a very small thing. We don't judge damage. You judge impact. They're not exactly the same thing. Just everyone shorthands it. But yeah, I mean, I just think, I don't even think there's really a good argument for, for Hafez to win the second round because like he didn't have that much control even or do much. Whereas I was very happy to give him the first round, particularly... Uh, if that was in question, locking up that arm triangle at the end, which like maybe make the argument JDM just didn't defend because they were short time, but that was in. <laughs> I was like very much in and certainly enough to ice the round there. But in the second round, JDM was battering him around the cage for good mm -hmm. stretches of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I personally scored at 29-27. I gave JDM a 10-8 a, a for the third because Hafiz yeah. was functionally out on his feet at one point in time but i think we got the ultimate correct winner but we didn't bring that up so thank you for the question brandon qfg love to bibby's performance don't know what else you said because that moved right on past it. So he says no way he won that fight he's agreeing with you guys uh, oh oh perfect max rabkin usman gaethier in denver with hafiz so yeah oh they're playing the teammate yeah. card that's yeah pretty pretty likely the case mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, not that, there were not some that fi fighters there was, would ever be prejudiced. There were fighters who were not affiliated who also yeah. scored it that way. So it, it is one of those. It is one of those that I guess is a uh, is not as clear to everybody. But I I did not have any issues. I, I actually, round two was. I thought there was a very realistic outcome that it would be a draw. Like it'd mm. be ten nine ten nine eight ten. I thought I said it was either going to be JDM or a draw. That's what I thought. Yeah. No, I mean he didn't end up getting any ten eights, right? Nope. On, no, on any no of ten eights. There, that Which... round three should have been ten eight. Well, it was on its way to ten yeah. eight until I, he was on top for like a minute. Yeah, I I think that that probably kept it from being a ten eight. Though for me, it was very much still worth it. It's, yeah, uh, no ten eights. Um, I mean, how when you say there were fighters, Dominic Cruz at the end of that was yeah. like, I don't know. Hafiz might have just won, and I was like, I hope you're not right. But yeah. We're yeah, didn't it. he also say it was at the end of round two or round three where he like reversed the position and did absolutely nothing with it? Where he's like, that yeah. might have won in the round. Might have won in the round. That mm -hmm. was really. Uh, I've I don't need to harp on this commentary team. I have said plenty about them in various post fight shows. Not my favorite group that sits in the booth that we got tonight. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Um, all right. There's a lot of questions about this fight, so we'll just I'll just use this question to just kind of talk about it. Well, this is the last question we'll have on the the JDM fight because there's a million okay. of them. Let me change that size. Max Rabkin, can we acknowledge the short notice fight also being short notice for the huge favorite Sarukian Evloev now JDM? It's tough to take on a guy with nothing to lose and mm. next to zero prep. I mean, that's just super true. Like I've. I feel like we've said this uh, at various points in time, but like, I do think largely that it still is worse for the short notice fighter because at least fighter A has been prepping for a fight, even if mm -hmm. the dynamics are entirely different. It's still more than nothing, but it is, I mean, it's a huge shift. And even though Hafez arguably was probably doing something similar to what Sean Brady was doing, it's it's still just a huge chain. He got his fight pushed back a week, so his peak time is off. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's enormous. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to echo that. But I think there is – I would honestly actually go the other direction where I do think it's harder on the one who's got the spot that's up for grabs. Like, yeah. I, I think this is a tougher Ooh, spot okay. for JDM than it is for Hafez. Like, Again, we kind of talked about it. Like, Hafez lost this fight, but we're just as excited yeah. about what his future prospects are. And we're kind of seeing people be, like, cooling off on JDM. There's a lot to lose. Like, if you don't come out there and absolutely... Like, if you don't do what Bo Nickel did, mm -hmm. people start to question you. They're like, why is this guy even in the fight with you? Uh, that's, a, that's a really tough spot to be in. Um, the prep, to your point, though, like, they're, you know, they're the ones in camp and the other people are... are I think there was a time where you you were presuming that they're coming off the couch. I don't think that's the case anymore. Like, I think a lot of these guys are kind of ready for these opportunities. This seems to happen in the UFC and in other organizations, like, all the time. Um, so I think he was ready for the fight. But I think there's a lot to lose. And, and Max, uh, this commenter, makes a fair point. Like, th this is a tough position to be in when you're somebody. Like, JDM's a, rank, like a ranked guy who's about to fight Sean Brady. And now he's fighting... Mm -hmm somebody who most people who are watching this show and watching the event did not know uh before the event so tough and saruki in the same thing yeah and i i do want to know i don't think Sar was saruki in a short notice did he have a short notice opponent i don't think uh, he yeah did. It, it, it wasn't like soup no because he was originally gonna fight um moikana wasn't he yeah Is wasn't right? uh, just happened or it no it's gonna be moikana but then it was joachim silva I, yeah, I think yeah, so Joe scheduled to fight Morcano on the twenty. He was scheduled to fight Morcano on the 29th, but Morcano pulled, so they pushed him back to oh, okay. Joaquin Silva on, on June twenty seventh. But it, June it, 17th. it wasn't so he had massive. he had more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a five day notice yeah. like this, but like it was a you guys taught like fight at the end of April. Like Terrence McKinney was a short notice fight when he knocked out yep. Matt Frivola, mm -hmm. um, and obviously Evlo, uh, he had that rough one. Um, and then 289, yeah, just, uh, I think it was Matt Snell was was fighting David Dvorak, and I think Snell pulled out. And then what, what was it? Ersig, I think you pronounced yeah, his last name. Steve, like, Steven Ersig. Yep. Yeah, that was a short notice one, yep. too, to the point where he's like, I didn't know who David Dvorak was, and I didn't know who he was ranked. <laughs> Good on you. Steven Ersig um, er now a top 10. <laughs> Yeah, like flyweight yeah. in the UFC rankings. Um, this That's question is probably better for you too. I don't know if this is true, but you guys are the betting people. Buena Silva by sub was plus four hundred. Uh, wouldn't shock me if that was true. 
Let's see if I can look that up quickly. Yeah, I could find that out. Um, because she was uh, she was a plus one forty underdog, so a finish prop is probably going to be that. Though, I would have thought it was a little little lower, but yeah. Um, I mean, the truth is, Holly Holm hasn't been finished a bunch. She has been submitted the one time by Misha Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure I'm not forgetting something. No, she got submitted the once by Misha Tate, and we talked about it in the pre-fight Q and A. She's got clobbered by Amanda, and that's it. Like mm-hmm. she fought Chris Cyborg, who clobbers everyone, and she didn't get clobbered. Like she's been beaten. Yeah, hadn't been beaten like this a lot because even the Tate submission, she was winning that fight, and then the fifth round it happened. This she was is three minutes away from and still, and then rematching mm-hmm. Ronda in International yeah. Fight Week. Yep, and then Tate uh, just found it. That number is roughly accurate. Like it's in the three fifty to four range. So yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's that. a nice it's one good. if you sniped it. Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Holly, I... Holly Holm, Misha Tate 2? Is that the fight now? Considering uh, Misha was uh, supposed sh- to fight Bueno Silva? That is the fight, actually. That's a great call. I think that's that it. Is the fight. Um, unless, unless you're convincing Ronda to come back, and then you can run that one. Good joke. Oh, good boy, joke. this Ronda stuff. I'm just saying. Uh, also, on that betting thing, um, I don't know what the odds were for Jack Delamano with Jack Jack Della wins by decision, but I guarantee you it was over plus four hundred. Oh, I'm sure. The over under yeah, on sure that fight was. was the over under on the fight at two and a half was like minus five fifty. So to even make it to the scorecards was uh something to do. Had Silva sub second, three dollars to sixty. Yep. I mean that's a hell of a hell nice. of a pull, David Williams. Good for you. Uh JDM via decision was like in the eight to nine hundred. Uh, plus eight to nine hundred range. So yeah, it was it was very unlikely <laughs> on the book. I mean, it was unlikely for the whole of that fight that that thing went to decision. Basil half is as tough as hell. Uh, Jesse MBS versus Pennington, the only fight to make. I feel like I already made nah. my statement on this. This is the fight I would choose to do, but I don't believe it's the one that we will be getting. No, Juliana so Pena's already that- tweeted. Yeah, where does that put Juliana was, Pena then if you do this? One? According to Juliana, she'll fight both of them in one day. <laughs> of course she Juliana, would. Of course she would. Juliana does love to say stuff. Uh, I would say Juliana Pena can sit cage side and watch these two <laughs> women who actually have wins, uh, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, I suspect we get Juliana uh, versus Rocky and MBS will be sitting cage side. But yeah. Crazier so, things have happened. I'm going to throw like a few comments all back to back. Now, you might think these okay. are all the same comment, <laughs> but they are. I assure okay. you they are from different people. Okay. Mm. Uh, that sure looks like a turtle emoji to me. Oh, turtles and mm-hmm. uh, the South Korean flag. A lot of South Korean flags. Turtle power. Park versus Izzy 2024. Uh, I would watch the hell out of that. I do not believe we'll be getting Park versus Izzy. One more. Uh, Can you pass on a message for us, Eric? Okay, yes. The people are demanding. There are. Our our comment, we have almost 800 comments on this live chat right now, and I'm willing to bet a quarter of them are turtle emojis. I love that. I it's, don't know when, when Junior Park got over, but this is fantastic. He's, he's extremely lovable. His his post fights with DC are always funny. 
the dance moves are pretty damn solid. Like those are Dude, those are some a great great celebration. Um, and there seems to be a lot of people upset that he didn't get a bonus. It's pretty surprising. That would have been my pick. That would have been my pick. Like no disrespect to Prado, and like I said, I thought it was a good finish, but. If there is any sort of controversy about your finish, it probably means you don't have the best performance of the evening. You know, like, cool, yeah. it was a spinning back elbow that was dope. But if there are real fighters who are like, that was garbage, then right. give it to the man whom, for whom there is no controversy. And he did a celebratory dance, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Iron uh... Turtle with the best dance of the evening. Didn't, wasn't there? Oh, no, that was a twerking. That was some twice. Yeah, there yeah. were a few comments on that, but we don't need to. Uh, a little, so a couple people trying to match make for Habibi for you, uh, Jed. Mm. Okay, I like this. Ooh, oh, what yeah. are the thoughts? Habibi versus Fialho, two bald dudes breathing hard. I mean, I would watch the hell out of that. That uh, is, that not... is, that is a sick fight. I like that a lot. Yeah. And another yeah. guy Fialho. earlier in the day, same thing. Fialho booked. Need Habibi versus Fialho. Wow, love that. Fialho is not booked. He is coming off three losses. So I assume the, he's probably on thin ice, but I'd watch yeah. the hell out of that. I think Dana White, is always fun. Dana White likes Fialho because he he tried he was if he had beaten Jake Matthews, I think it was Jake Matthews, he would have broken Hamzat's record for fastest, like least amount of time to three wins. I yeah, fought, am on record. April, May, June. <laughs> I am on record saying I have never been overly impressed with Fiala whatsoever uh, to the point where people have been trying to, like, make him a thing. And I'm like, I am not. I am was so unimpressed with Fiala that I was unimpressed with Jake Matthews. Like, after Jake Matthews he, beat Fiala, I was like, that's not even impressive. You just beat a guy who's not that good. And then, uh, lo and behold, Jake Matthews got, like, teed up his last fight. Regardless, I move on. See, that? that's impressive because me and Shaheen got – got hoodwinked by jake matthews we, Casey we were too. very we were very much like oh jake matthews 25 year old jake matthews has finally put all the pieces together this kid's gonna be a, a top 15 guy for the next seven years and then matthew simmelsberger just defenestrates him so, as one uh, does <laughs> it was tough as so one does good, when good you fight you. a guy outside of the top 50 come on anyway good, good on you uh duraya versus bo nickel Hmm. I mean, it's not awful. I just don't know. I don't know what we're accomplishing with it, other than handing Duraev another loss. But like, you <laughs> yeah, gotta well, you gotta put some bodies in there I, against I, Bo. Yeah. What what do we do? What are we doing for either guy in that scenario? Yeah, like it, I it agree. just doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know what we're doing for Bo in general, other than getting him reps, which is fine. Like he needs reps, but I okay. I don't think there's a bad way to book Bo Nickel. You just just feed him people and let him fist fight for a while and figure out how to do it. How many more reps does he need? That's the question. I think realistically, like you could start throwing him in against top competition and see where the chips fall, but I just don't think it's necessary. Like he looks really good right now. Just imagine if he he's been boxing for eighteen months. What if we let him do it for two years, three years, and like, all right, now it's time. You have developed like oh, real things. But... We're gonna slow roll him <laughs> that long. Jeez. Oh man. Yeah, I. That's how I always feel about prospects. But 
I also understand that that's probably not what's going to happen. So. Now, a lot of people are throwing out Bo Nickel, like Bo Nickel, Brad Tavares, Bo Nickel, Brian Battle, Bo Nickel versus Phil in the Bo box. Nickel fought last week, and it was terrific. We did he fight? it greatly. Did he, did, <laughs> um, did he break a sweat? He, By the technical definition, he fought. Uh, he competed in a mixed martial arts contest, and it was really fun for all 38 seconds of it. Um that he recalls frame by frame, second by second, that he's able to... Uh, Everyone was very impressed by that. It was only 38 seconds. Of course you can recall it. I can remember no, yeah. something that happened three days ago <laughs> that was significant because it was 30 seconds. Yes, but I mean, just the, the, the precision of the descriptions of, you know, where he's like, I'm in here, I'm out here, the slip here, left straight left here he it was it was impressive um he's a give me those breakdowns athlete. give me those breakdowns of his uh 2019 national championship i, uh, I wonder and, if he and could. Then we go. i bet he can i'm not saying the man can't but everyone was way excited by that i was like dude he nuked this man in 38 seconds how hard <laughs> there's not much to remember like it's not that hard. There just wasn't a whole lot of things that happened. When he was at media day and I asked him, I go, when was the last time you were expected to lose? Cause you know, every, every time Bo Nickel fights someone, it's just like, bring out, a, bring out the casket. I asked him, well, when's the last time you were the underdog? And he goes, I can't, he goes like, I can't remember in the back of my head. I'm like, well, I'm pretty nonsense. sure it's like, I'm pretty sure you were a massive underdog against David Taylor, but I could, yeah, I was going to say Dave, I, David Taylor, for sure. He was, I was in the back of a, but I wasn't confident enough to challenge <laughs> Bo nickel to his face that I just caved. David, David Taylor, who went on to win the gold and was a world champion and also soundly defeated him at the trials. He was definitely an underdog to David Taylor because that was why I was so excited about Bo Nickel in the first place because when he came in, he's like, I'm going to make one Olympic run, see how it goes. Like, dope. You're competing like the hardest American weight class. You're not. You're great. You're going to get worked and then you can yep. just do MMA. It'll be great. Yes. Zach, what happened? Like, Bo Nickel probably could have meddled <laughs> if he wasn't competing yeah, in the problem one of is, the toughest wrestling yeah. weight classes in America. Correct. And it's but instead, he's just going to kill people for us, and it's going to be great. Don't know how we got into Bo Nickel. You guys don't yeah. want to talk about Norma Dumont? I, I can't find it. Uh, in thanks, the Jessica. I, I saw, I saw yeah. your, your comment. Thank you. I can't find the comment anymore, but people are asking what to do with Terrence McKinney. There were a few of them earlier in the night. I know you guys talked about it a bit, but who yeah. do you do you tell him to take a, like time off? Because like, he fought January, fought in July. He's been pretty steady. His, if he his wanted approach, to fight in December, I'd be okay with it. But I don't think we need to rush him back, given he's taken two pretty tough L's this year. But I saw someone suggest it, and I'm for it. I want to see what you say, though, Ricky. I have a name. Yeah, who is it? I, let's just let's just do Patty. Patty's not oh, going to fight geez. real people. Patty can definitely oh, beat Terrence McKinney. Or interesting. Terrence can win. It'll be really funny. I, I forget. Somebody commented no. it earlier, and I don't. Uh, remember who it was so shouts to you good sir or madam but yeah just we can do the patty thing that is yeah Seattle i was Ryan, gonna say t-rex versus patty his his approach of like bounce right back and just get back in there and i'm gonna do my thing just does not seem to be working so i'm with you on maybe pushing that timeline a little further but i mean patty's not ready until at least December, January. Yeah, Patty's at the be earliest. 
It's a little this, odd because Patty is technically coming off a win. So T-Rex I is on two losses. I think I I like T Rex. I like to keep the because like Patty and Matt Favola have seemed to kind of match make themselves. For when Patty comes back, because they're both coming off wins, and there's a few comments saying they want to see Terrence versus Ottman now because they both come off losses today. Back, that, both that on makes two well, they're, all, they're both coming off back-to-back losses, so yeah. that's actually bad losses fine. too. That mm-hmm. makes more sense to me just from the perspective of if I'm Patty Pimblet, like why, right? Like, mm-hmm. is there any world where I would take that fight? I, I would probably say no. Like, it just does not make sense. Um, if I'm trying to move up, it like Patty Pimblet is. Everybody else thinks Patty Pimblett lost that fight, but Patty Pimblett won that fight, and he's mm-hmm. probably aiming upward. It, it'd be a weird fight, but McKinney would be a game opponent and bring it to him. If there's any world where Patty Pimblett takes it, I like the fight, but I just I just can't see it. What about what about this uh, Jordan Levitt versus T Rex? I was just looking at that. Um, I don't hate it. It feels like a fight where theoretically, like I would think that T Rex can get the win there, and that sort of seems like what you want to do because there's some juice to to uh, to McKinney. Like people like him, and you'd like him to stop losing. Mm-hmm. He could also just lose to to Jordan Levitt in like a real yeah not great fashion, and then then he's spiraling in a bad way. So it's risky, but I don't hate it from a like reasonable matchmaking standpoint. I I just feel like his fighting style. The, we talked about it like the chances that he's going to lose are decent because everybody in these in this division is good like it's just there there are no like get him a win guys it's just, just too tough yeah if you pull up the topologies like rankings which you know they're topology so it's not thing sadikov's 64 <laughs> like it's just like it's there's just nowhere to go there's no there's no safe haven at 155 yeah, Azatar's I fine. Um, that fight would be really fun. So I'm actually pretty in, into that. Fight I can't. Just from I can't find the comment again either. But someone made a good point comparing. Um, is Terrence McKinney just the lightweight uh, Machwan Americani? Like come in with that eight second knockout and then was just like lost bad That's one big until he was good. out of the UFC. I th- I think he's a little more well rounded than Makwan, right? Like, I think Makwan's mm-hmm. like a glass cannon. Like, he's, he's the definition of that. Like, he smokes you or he just gets sh- broken to pieces. Not, th- I know uh, you're making a face. Terrence McGinney's right, pretty you're right glass too. cannony. He, Man here, has I'll only say it like ever this, won or he, lost by finish. He, you're right, you're right. But in the losses, like, even against Drew Dover, right? Like, a lot of dudes get taken out by that. It happens to be that Drew Dober has the chin of all chins, but like he's he's in fights where like I feel like he's got it, you know. Whereas like uh, when I think about Makwan, it's like that night he either has it or not, right? He's gonna step in there and he's gonna he's gonna smoke you because he's got it, or he's just gonna get smoked. And I feel like McKinney's more in the camp of like, damn, he had he had this or he was in it, and then all of a sudden it kind of went to shit. Like his arm gets trapped in the weirdest possible position. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not unfair. Uh, maybe I'm stumping for, for McKinney too much. It's not unfair. Um, but I just, I feel like he's, I feel like he's well-rounded. I feel like it, there will be a point where he can put it together. I really do believe he yeah. can put it together, but he needs to, he, oh. he really needs to. Time's running out. Time uh, is running out. Whoever, now. whoever said Maquan, that is 
a chef's kiss to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, you. It's exactly how I view him. And this will be the oh. final one. I can't remember which fight it was. We'll it say. was who was the uh, who did? You'll know when you see it. Do you guys think the UFC needs to put razor sharp fences <laughs> to stop fighters from grabbing the cage? Uh, the person you're looking for is Melsic Magdasen. There he is. Who, Used about a hundred fence grabs, one groin shot, and an eye poke uh, to eke out a 29-28 decision over Tucker Lutz. Um, they don't need to use razor sharp fences because I got to tell you, that's maybe the worst idea I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, they just need to enforce the rules. It's it doesn't seem that hard to me. You can't grab the cage. I mean, one, you could try and do plexiglass, but that probably would be really bad. <laughs> Concussion or you can city. Just have the rep. Oh, yeah, also that. But like, or, and this is crazy, you just enforce the rules on the books, which say mm -hmm. that you're not allowed to grab the cage. And so, like, I personally am very pro just taking points because I think if you just come out and say, hey, we're taking points for every penalties, guess what? Penalties will stop happening very, very quickly because fighters will very quickly recognize this is a bad thing to do. But if that's a bridge too far for you, because whatever, the fence one is the easiest one to do. Oh, he grabbed the fence. Stop the fight. We are going to start this with the offending fighter in bottom position. You can just start the fight there. This would be, you could solve this overnight. And we don't, for whatever reasons there are. And so Melsic Bagdasarian was allowed to cheat aggressively and forever while the commentary team talked about, well, I don't know if they can take a point because is that the first warning? <laughs> if they did a second one, you know, you get one free, which isn't how the world works, but it's just the reality we live in. So, yeah, just can, enforce can the I, rules. Can I just say, I understand your position, and in most scenarios, I think that you and I tend to be aligned on a lot of topics. I would normally be aligned with you, but as a parent and this reminds me of parenting there's certain scenarios where you want to be the disciplinarian and you want to say like you're punished on the first offense but then sometimes you also want to do the thing where you're like well did you really mean it and you start to get softer you start to not want to influence outcomes and be too harsh and i understand that refereeing and and uh parenting are not one-to-one -one, but i am sympathetic to the, the idea same. of like I am sympathetic to the idea of not wanting to screw things up irre irrevocably uh, by being too hard. But that I get it. I but that's the thing. It. the The argument that you don't want to influence the outcomes is they are by not enforcing the rules. One fighter who is obeying them is by definition being negatively impacted. Like just we say it, and it's not as a joke. Like when me and Mike say this, it is not tongue-in-cheek it is actually factual you should cheat there are percentage points of value being left on the table if you are not cheating because the refs are not going to punish you for it Melsic Bagdasarian I we I cannot say definitively he won that fight because I don't can't see alternate realities he cheated his ass off and at several points in time it gave him a very clear advantage over the dude who didn't cheat and so that's influencing it by not doing anything to prevent it. Like it's in every sport in the world. If you, if you do, if you make a penalty, 
there is a consequence, except in this one, you just get a stern talking to, and then you can do five more of them. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how true this one is. I didn't notice this one. So this is true. I had a conversation with Mike Heck about this. Um, I do think the fence grab is slightly different, though I would still say if you wanted to punish um, uh, Sadikov for it, it was not a fence grab to prevent a takedown. It was after he had already stuffed the takedown. He's sort of posting his hand up against the fence mm. while he's positioning, and his he grabs the fence. And so, like, it is absolutely a foul. Um, I could, So would you could, take a point in that I'm scenario, less concerned Jay? about that than a thing well that's that's my argument is i don't think you have to if you guys are super problem about that you can just give up the position like okay that that's fine like i think you should take points for nut shots and and eye pokes because there's no real way to make that right unless you're like okay now yeah. i get to poke you in the eye sir like you can't make that even fence grabs are very easy to be like oh you grab the fence to keep yourself upright we're going to stop the action we're going to give the takedown to the other dude fight can proceed from guard and like we can all be happy with that outcome. That seems the easiest answer to me. So I would have been happy to say, hey, you did still do an illegal thing. We're going to stop the fight. We're going to give up the position. We're going to go back to neutral. Fight can proceed. That'll be fine. Fouls are a mythical fighter. Um, I One of these days, I'll embark <laughs> on the long and arduous task of like actually data cataloging uh, the winning percentage of fighters who foul. Because I would bet anything oh, you you're... wanted to that that it is it is a successful fighting strategy. There, there is no doubt that you're right that the efficiency yeah. of fouling is absolutely there and people high are efficiency not move in cage yep. fighting. Wasn't uh, wasn't the Rumble Johnson Gustafson? Wasn't there like a headbutt or a low blow, and then right out of the like right when the action picked up, Rumble just decapitated him in Sweden. Dude, I mean, uh, something might like have been. That was a sad like probably that. would have decapitated him anyway. But dude, the number the number of finishes that happen like immediately after a clash of heads yeah. is startlingly obvious if you're paying attention. Oh, he's okay to start again. Oh, he just got knocked out suddenly. That's weird. How did that happen? <laughs> Don't know. It's almost as if his brain had already been concussed by a, a giant head crashing into his face, Henry Sudo. How did that happen? You know, know who does that? You know who's very bad that I don't think enough people talk about for like halting and kind of ramming their forehead into their opponent is Rose. Does it all the time. Ooh. Like she does this. She'll Rose she'll do this and then she'll like when people get close, she stops and like shoves her forehead forward. And when she connects, she extends her hand so it looks like she's pushing rather than pushing. So she's like Thwack, and then shoves it. She pushes, so she, and so she knows exactly what she's doing. This is, I'm not this is speaking for edges. her. If I can find a video clip of it, I'll send it to you because I've seen it multiple times from her, and she no one has never, ever brought it up. Sounds like somebody's that, but... locked in on the efficiency of cheating. You know, hey man, just uh... dude. I don't like. I don't blame her for it. Um, but like, yeah, when you're if you do any sort of sport for any amount of time, you have like tricks to sort of flirt with the lines. That sounds a lot like Rose knows. Oh, I can, I can get away with this one. Good for her. Nice. Henry Cejudo just launches his head at people. Like just straight yeah. up, like goes in, just dives in with his head, and he's never once been called for it. It's astonishing. So keep doing it. If they don't stop you, it's legal. Like that's just mm -hmm. how this game works. Mm -hmm. So, 
Like Melsic Bagdasarian, I, I am not upset with you for doing what you can to get both of your paychecks and provide for your family. Just wish the rest I, would It's just unfortunate because that was also he, that was a fun fight. That was a fun scrap. It was. Dude threw an, an like a axe kick, standing axe kick at Tucker, who was also standing yeah, in front of him. That was a fun <laughs> well, fight. Cormier he's awesome. like, I'm not sure yeah. that those work. It's like, well, he just did it. it looked pretty Love good. The fight. And with that, a lot of the questions are now just arguing about rules in the We've also been in we've been on an hour. Yeah. Uh, I think that's plenty for UFC yes. Vegas 77. So hit the music, Jose. Is, we I can hope. get out of here. Hey, it's and, the right uh, music. <laughs> boom, love the music. Next week, we're back in London, baby. I think Mike Heck will be back to take the chair, so you won't have my jackass self doing this. <laughs> I may still be here to, to talk to y'all. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but it is it was a night of fights. We got a new contender, Jose Youngs, for Eric Jackman, for myself, for the wonderful team at MMAfighting.com. We love you dearly for joining us. We'll see you next week. Peace. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.